What's up, everybody? This is Michaela. This is another episode of Pretty Much Adult Podcast. Um, today, I have on my personal medical expert, my mom, and we're going to talk about a lot of the conspiracies behind the coronavirus, kind of facts and figures, um, separating what's fact from fiction, because if you have been on the internet, you've seen a number of like conspiracy theories and I don't know, just kind of crazy misinformation that a lot of people are kind of obtaining. So I thought that this would be a good way to kind of just get everything out on the table. Um, do you want to introduce yourself and talk about your medical history without saying like where you work? And stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not saying where I work. However, um, I just kind of want to disclose right off the bat. I mean, I am a registered nurse by training. Um, I do have some public health uh, public health background. My first degree is in health education, so I've been working in this field for, gosh, more than 20 years. Um, but I am by no means a virologist or a statistic statistician or an expert in any way, um, but um, do have some obviously medical background that mm -hmm. I can kind of give some background to this topic. Um, I also have a friend here who um, I've worked with in, in public health for years ago. And so I'd like to invite her to, you know, she has some perspective and um, feedback to give. I'd love to hear her views as well um, throughout the podcast. Definitely. So um, we can start off. I don't, I mean, I personally didn't know what COVID-19 meant until literally two minutes ago so do you want to explain what COVID-19 the acronym is yeah so it's just a, a an easy acronym um to describe the coronavirus the novel coronavirus that we're seeing so um co is for corona uh, vi is for virus disease and uh, 19 is when we started to see those um cases in 2019 um, nationally, not just in the U.S., but nationally is when we started to see them initially in, in uh, China. Can you explain exactly what COVID-19 is, how it affects the body, all that stuff? Hmm. I can try. <laughs> <laughs> so um, COVID, you know, is, exhibits a lot of or can exhibit a lot of symptoms. So and I think that's kind of the scary thing with this novel virus and, and novel meaning that it's new to us right mm -hmm. and so I think that there's a lot of things that we have learned from the experience in China and um, Italy and you know European countries that have have had these uh, outbreaks before ours um, started um, so there's a lot that we have learned but there's also a lot that we don't know um, in addition to the fact that you know there's a lot of cases that we know are asymptomatic and so they're spreaders um, so they don't know that they're infected and can spread the disease um, symptoms kind of the most common ones that we hear about or that we're really looking for are you know fever um, shortness of breath cough um, you know the you're, hear, you're hearing more about the covid toes which mm -hmm. is not as common um, and now we're hearing most recently about how it affects children long term. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there's, you know, there's a whole list that you can look up on the CDC websites um, about possible symptoms. We're even seeing um, GI symptoms. In fact, 
Um, you know, some of the initial cases that I'm aware of, or a particular initial case that we're aware of at the hospital, um, was a patient coming in with GI symptoms. So COVID wasn't even on the, the brains mm -hmm. of staff. And unfortunately, we did have um, staff that were infected mm -hmm. because of uh, not being aware that it wasn't just a respiratory illness um, presentation. Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of things that can be um, part of the COVID symptomatology. Well, that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I also wanted to ask, um, based on what you've seen, have you seen any like trends, what's happening right now as far as like cases and hospitalizations and stuff? You know, unfortunately, I have I don't have the well. I gotta say, I, you know, I'm not as up on statistics. Um, a lot of the information that I get is, you know, um, we do town halls at, mm -hmm. through our employer that kind of keep us apprised of what's happening. Um, you know, what we hear on the news and see on the news. Um, I know in, you know, California, you know, we recently shelter in place was lifted um, statewide. Um, however, you know, we are seeing a spike in hospitalizations and cases. Um, you know, th the interesting thing to think about, too, is, uh, you know, we're also testing a lot more. Right. But um, at the same time, testing more cases and having more increasing cases is not necessarily a tribute or, or coincide with hospitalizations. Right. So just because you have more people testing and more positive cases, there's more hospitalizations. So the hospitalizations are really an indication that there's just more disease out there sure. and more folks are getting sick mm -hmm. or sicker. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't necessarily say, which um, I think has also been put out there, is that if we were to test less, mm -hmm. there'd be less that cases. there'd be less cases. Well, yeah, what? duh. What a, but what how a do we, <laughs> 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 but how, how are we, um, how, you know, what's, why are we having more hospitalizations? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, has nothing to do with the testing. So I think that if people really want to know what the statistics are, that they really should go to their local public health site. They should go to the um, California Department of Public Health site and definitely the CDC, which have accurate um, statistics. Mm -hmm. And those are going to give you a really clear picture of what is happening, not only locally from where you're at, mm -hmm. but at, at a nationwide um, and that is really the best way to learn of true statistics. Yeah, instead of, I mean, we've talked about how, you know, the news, it's their job right. to, you know. If it bleeds, it leaks. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think as much as their purpose is to inform, they're, they're also not medical professionals. Yeah, they're trying to get ratings, yeah. and we understand that. And, and I think, too, just based on my experience with the media is, you know, the doctors and the medical professionals that they might be talking to may not be the most reliable sources. It might be someone who they have a, a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So that's something to also take into consideration, um, something that I think is really important to definitely look at actual medical resources and not just take news as face value. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And the other thing, you know, I mean, to consider, too, is statistics are, are that. They, they're, it depends on how you look at statistics. Um, you know, sometimes you can't take statistics at face value. You kind of have to look, you know, a little bit more in depth. But... Um, what 
you know, what you're saying is important is, you know, look at your sources, look at the validity of your sources and what's the motivation behind that source? Is there some ulterior motive from the source that you're getting? You know, um, you know, I, I just am not one to think that, you know, the Center for Disease Control or your public health department or the state health department does not have the public's best public interest. Be- yeah. interest in mind, yeah. right? So, um, you know, just something to think about yeah. just because of what's happening with this particular virus and how it's becoming um, so politicized as far as, you know, people not necessarily are being incredulous mm-hmm. with the information that they're receiving mm-hmm. um, and the information, information that's out there. Yeah, so I actually wanted to talk about a lot of misinformation that has been going on. We were talking about, you know, the 5G theory and people who strongly believe that masks actually cause you to get sick with carbon dioxide poisoning, things like that. Um, What is your opinion about those conspiracies and what would you have to say, you know, to people who believe those conspiracies? Um. I'm going to have to tone myself down a little bit. <laughs> um, only because being a medical health, medical health professional, having, you know, studied health education, having studied, you know, public health, having studied medicine and biology, um, you know, having public health in background where we, you know, no, you know, we tracked disease trends mm-hmm. and investigated disease trends and, um, you know, that's, that's my perspective is, is science, you know, what can be provable? What do we see? What can we, you know, prove? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where it, it's just dumbfounding to me sometimes the things that I've heard, mm-hmm. um, because there's no scientific background for it. Right. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'm just at a loss for words. It's like, you know, we were just talking about earlier the the, the Palm Beach mm-hmm. was a council meeting or something. And it's like, you know, people were there talking about, you know, leaders taking away their right to breathe. N- no, ma'am, your, your lungs still work. <laughs> your lungs will still work. Right. We're just asking you to be considerate of yourself and others, um, you know, no one knows who's positive and who's not mm-hmm. if you're not symptomatic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, do is a cloth mask going to protect you from not getting COVID? No, it, it probably won't. But if the people that you're around are wearing masks, if you're wearing a mask, if you're keeping your social distance, you know, you're trying to keep your, your distance, um, if you're washing your hands frequently from touching, you know, um, things, different things, is the likelihood going to go down that you're infected or that you're infecting others? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, I, I think about it in kind of another analogy is a condom, right? So is a condom going to protect you from getting an STD? A hundred percent. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But is it going to reduce your risk? Absolutely it mm-hmm. is, right? So it's about reducing risk and being considerate to your fellow man. Um, because you don't know who can or, or, or is or isn't positive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, we've gone to the store. Uh, your dad <laughs> was telling me this, and I didn't notice it. We go to, we went to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's folks, the grocery stores are now requiring, you know, folks to wear masks. But, you know, there was a gentleman that was standing over, I believe, like a 
I don't know if it was like a meat section or something. And he started coughing and he took off his mask and just started coughing. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Okay. <laughs> It, the mask doesn't work if you don't right. wear it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to kind of use your common sense. Is, is What's the mask trying to do? It's yeah. just, you know, any droplets, mm-hmm. trying to stop the droplets from coming out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think I also wanted to get, I mean, why do you think people are feeding into these conspiracies so much? Like, what's your opinion on, like, the hysteria of why people are so quick to not believe a medical professional? Yeah. I don't know, friend. Mm. I, I, this is a good. I mean, I think this is a really good question, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that you know I've kind of pondered pondered a little bit on. Um, <laughs> I think, I think maybe locally, it peop, it's not impacting somebody's life personally, right? And because it doesn't have a personal impact on them, they don't believe it, right? As opposed to you know we're in California, um, pretty spread out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the East Coast, people live very close together. Mm-hmm. They work, you know, people work very close together. Um, and there's a huge impact over there. Mm-hmm. So I think you, know, you can see it. Right. Here, we, if we can't see it, we can't touch it, it's not real. Right. And, and, and it is real. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that might be part of why people just don't believe it's happening. Right, because it's not happening to them personally. That's... I definitely agree that that's a reason why people don't think it's a serious issue. Mm -hmm. But I think the underlying issue why people are believing the conspiracy theories is just the nature of our society right now. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we're very, um, you know, unfortunately our current administration seems to be bent on separating mm-hmm. communities and um there's this is an election year and unfortunately this happened on on his watch and so there's you know there's and even the administration has you know uh, tried to downplay the importance or the gravity i mean there's information out there that shows we could have done something a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. There's informa- information out there showing that, um, that you know, states were having to bid for medical supplies mm-hmm. against the federal government. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, <laughs> so there were there were a lot of missteps, and so there's, um, yeah, I think that you know, with information access, social media, YouTube, and things like that, there's ways that. Um, information can get out there to kind of, you know, I don't know, impact people's opinions mm-hmm. and um, fear. And I think fear is is a big. Um, it's a motivator. It's a motivator, mm-hmm. and I think that you know that may be part of why folks are more willing to believe something because it's too scary to to know that you know, my neighbor can be infected and can infect me mm-hmm. and I not even know it and I can die mm-hmm. um, or, you know, a loved one. And mm-hmm. it's it's too much to handle, mm-hmm. maybe. So it's know. easier to believe a lie in that kind of sense. Yeah, because then you can deny the reality of it, mm-hmm. right? If it's a conspiracy, then you have control, mm-hmm. right? Because at this point, we don't. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we're all, we're all predisposed. There's, n- there's no one in this country who 
is safe from COVID, mm-hmm. right? So if I can believe a conspiracy theory that says, you know, well, if, you know, it's 5G, well, then, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to support 5G or right. I'm going to stay away from this or that. Or yeah. if it's a mask that's causing me to get sick, then I'm going to refuse to wear a mask or, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, part of what's happening social culturally mm-hmm. has a big, is, is a big influencer in what's happening with, Definitely. with and COVID. It, and I think to just historically speaking, a lot of people, just con- the history of conspiracy theories alone, like people can pick and choose what they want to believe anyway. And I think it's a number of things, like everything that you said, fear being a motivator, I think because it's the great unknowing that no one knows anything about what's happening. It's, 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 it's human nature to want to know things and put things in categories and make sense of things. So I think that is probably the greatest motivator is like, well, I, I know what's going on. Right. And I'm, and I definitely know what's going on. This is, has to be what's going on. And you want to trust people and you want to trust people in, in high positions. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing is you, you can't, you can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Is that we've we've had things happen where it's affected the trust in, in government, and so I think that's playing into it as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about. I mean, I guess this kind of goes with conspiracies a little bit. Um, kind of how communities of color specifically like black brown and indigenous communities are infected by covid i think there's a lot of misinformation there just because those communities i don't know they tend to not have access to information as much as other communities do um do you know the trends that are happening there what's happening within those communities well i mean i don't i don't i mean again i'm not an expert Mm -hmm. but you know things that um i've kind of been exposed to or have been reading about is um you know it's expected this isn't a surprise Mm -hmm. so the fact that um covid is affecting communities of color more is is just another example of health disparities in this country um you know it's it's only been in the last how many years have we had um, universal health care. We've had Obamacare, mm-hmm. Obamacare, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> even that in itself is politicized, right? So um, the fact that, you mm-hmm. know, whether individuals or citizens or non-citizens in America get health care or have access to health care, that's a huge political issue. Um, and it's actually even more so now because, um, you know, there's talk about um, getting rid of um, universal health care and there's nothing that is being proposed in its place mm-hmm. and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. um, where people absolutely need access to health care um, I forgot where we were going where the question was about communities of color mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so you know the fact that you know we already know that you know we have disparities in hypertension in African-American communities there's health disparities and diabetes amongst Latinos and Latinx communi- communities um, you know, in um, um, morbidity of of uh, of uh, mothers, black mothers that are dying at higher rates mm-hmm. than any other race or any other ethnic community, um, and those are all examples of of you know the disparities that we haven't addressed as a country, and so then you have um, an, a virus that 
doesn't discriminate. Right. And, you know, communities that ha- lack access to either healthcare, that lack access to, um, you know, important things like grocery stores that yeah resources like um you know it's 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 just a microcosm of what's happening in the whole country um you know the other thing to consider too is you know the um exposure right so you had a whole percentage of our population that was furloughed or that was able to work from home had the ability to work from home but then you had essential workers that had to continue to expose themselves or potentially expose themselves on a day-to-day basis you know um and as we know you know there there are certain concentrations of populations in certain fields of work Mm -hmm. because of you know the the And they are our essential workers. Yeah. yeah. And they are essential workers. So, you know, communities of color, uh, you know, are, are, you know, predominantly in, in certain industries that that were supremely affected. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the other thing to consider. Um, you know, there's also, you know, some historical things. I mean, and the, the elephant in the room that, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to necessarily name, but is underlying everything is systemic racism. Yeah. Right. So um, that's kind of why these things have a historical, um, you know, that, that there's a historical backing for why these health disparities have occurred mm-hmm. um, that we've never addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's also certain issues um in communities you know the african american community not all and so i'm not making a blanket statement but we have to consider you know the interaction of government health and african american communities as well Mm -hmm. is there's you know particular you know there's groups that there's individuals who still have a distrust right for the healthcare system right um because of issues like um, you know, the syphilis, um, project yeah. years, you know, gosh, what was that in the 1930s or the Tuskegee? The Tuskegee. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too, like a lot of people aren't really aware of how people of color or minority, uh, people have been used mm-hmm. by the government right. for medical purposes. Mm-hmm. And so there is a great distrust in wanting to have the government have um, control or or even knowledge of what is going on with me medically right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. do you think i don't mean to cut you off i'm so sorry but i was gonna say i was having conversations with like specific people and we were talking about if and when the vaccine is available that these these specific communities the ones that are mostly affected the likelihood that they would be open to being vac- vaccinated and a lot of us who amongst ourselves we're just like that's we just don't think that that's gonna happen because of these exact issues i think that people should take a closer look at that mm-hmm. because you know right now that there people are having a hard time putting food on the table mm-hmm. right financially it's a it's it's a hard thing that is happening for a lot of families yeah and even then the people who are making that food available to you to put on the table mm-hmm. are minorities, immigrants, um, people who make very little money, mm-hmm. are deemed essential, and if they're not vaccinated, 
who's going to provide that food for us to have on our table? Right. Because we really take for granted where the food comes exactly. from. Exactly. And who's doing the work to get it there. Right. They think of it, you know, the hierarchy of, like, where it comes from. I don't think people are really considering, you know, if essential, if there are no essential workers, everything's going to collapse. Yeah. Everything's going to collapse. And I don't think people are really taking that into consideration. And they, it even goes back to just people not wanting to wear masks, masks, period. And that just blows my mind. I'm just like, it's an inconvenience at best. At best, it's an inconvenience. And you're not wearing it that long if you're out in public. I think what people really don't understand is the people who are working in the fields to pick your fruits and vegetables, to pick your lettuce. Um, the people working the fields, they've always worn masks. Mm -hmm. They're protecting themselves from the environment. Mm -hmm. And they're alive. <laughs> so my assumption is is that if you need to wear a mask to go shopping, you'll be okay. Yeah. Because people actually work hours on end mm -hmm. with masks on mm -hmm. and hats on and scarves on to protect themselves from the environment. Mm -hmm. And so you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that kind of blew my mind too is, you know, I, you know we're aware of, intelligent people mm -hmm. that we are in our circles and you know have started to ascribe uh, to this theory that masks are more dangerous than not wearing a mask it's like uh, you know, <laughs> how? I know how i mean you have you know we've talked about this before is you know you have surgeons who will do day-long surgeries mm -hmm. wearing masks mm -hmm. And, you know, would you, tr if you thought a surgeon was going to pass out in the middle of your surgery or is killing brain cells during your surgery, would you necessarily want to, you know? Right. <laughs> you yeah. Like, what what makes them so special that they can wear a mask yeah, and you there's can't for hours on tons of industries, it. careers, where they have to wear masks for their protection. Mm -hmm. And we're not seeing them dropping like flies. Yeah. Right? It's, it's you know, they're pr protecting them, their, their, their health. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, I, I understand that it is, you know, there are folks with, um, you know, claustrophobia sure. issues, anxiety issues, and yeah, wearing a mask can be a little claustrophobic. And so there are some folks who are going to get a little lightheaded mm -hmm. because they're getting anxious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and then there's people who maybe medically right. are going to, um, have some troubles with a mask. But if the majority of us are practicing social distancing, wearing a mask, washing our hands, then as a society, we're going to do a better job of taking care of our country mm -hmm. than not wearing a mask for myself. Right. Well, and that's such, that's such a big concern for, I think, this, the group of folks who don't want to wear masks because it's an infringement on their freedoms, but yet, you know, they want the country to be back to normal and the economy to be back to normal, but we can't. We right. can't go back to normal when there are cases multiplying. I mean, you look at, um, you know, states, you know, that just um, open back recently up. opened mm -hmm. back up and they're, they're having to close back up. Again. They're having to close back up. Yeah. Right. When, I, when I read about, um, like, Florida bars and Texas bars, 
um, having to close back up again, I was like, that's going to be Fresno in like just a matter of time. Like just a matter of time. And you know what is so disappointing is that was preventable. Yeah. Yeah. It was preventable. And how we, how are we as a society? It's, it's only been a few months. Yeah. It's only been a few months and we are, many people are having a hard time social distancing and wearing masks and that was from the beginning i literally was like okay maybe since this is first starting like people are really gonna listen and people are really gonna social distance and really gonna stay in place but i truly feel like everyone was kind of doing what they wanted for (laughs) since the beginning of this and i'm just like this is never gonna end i have told everyone i was like this year's shot like if you had any plans for the year don't even didn't you you kind of made a comment though to us at one point when um and i think it has to do back to the point that you made earlier friend was that it it, unless you see it unless you have a personal experience Mm -hmm. with it it really doesn't seem real and so you had made a point when you went back to oakland that like the streets were bare Mm -hmm. and then you come to fresno and everybody seems to be doing their own business right just like nothing yeah the freeways might have been a little lighter but you still saw people out and about that mm-hmm. it didn't look like they were doing anything important. But mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, it, it looked to be a little different. Yeah. So, and that's what I was saying, too. I was like, there were, that I knew of, a lot of, like, little protests happening. And people were upset here about, like, wanting to do whatever they wanted to do. And I was like, I didn't hear about that in Oakland. <laughs> I didn't hear about people going to city council saying, we want to open things back up. And... If anything, there's a majority of minority businesses concentrated in Oakland who are struggling right now. There's a lot of black and brown businesses who are having a hard time. I can't even tell you how many places I know that have closed for good because of this. And it's like, this could have all been avoided a long time ago if, Mm -hmm. you know, we were all just prepared and you just literally listened. Yeah. It's like the saying, the public health saying, announced prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? I mean, it's, if we would have heeded the warning a lot earlier which again goes back to you know and i and i really want to give fresno actually county a lot of credit because it it felt like they were really proactive in closing down the county Mm -hmm. pretty 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 fast compared to other areas um and you know Maybe that's why some of our cases, I mean, that's why we're not seeing a huge, mm-hmm. huge, um, you know, influx, influx just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bay Area and, and, and L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, I think the state of California did an amazing job yeah. of recognizing what was happening yeah. back east. Mm-hmm. And they took steps right away, which I, I feel that has kept our numbers down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it is up to us as a society to work on keeping those numbers down right. so that we can move forward together. Right. And I, and I'm just so curious, like what do people think is happening? Like there, it's obviously that there are no decrease in numbers. So it's like, what is not clicking to you that this isn't over? Like what, you know, like what is it that's not <laughs> clicking for people? That's what I just don't understand. Cause I'm just like, okay, yes. Like things are opening And I even read a post recently of a woman who she went somewhere. I think she went somewhere in Florida and she ended up catching COVID. And she was like, well, I trusted the government to like, they said things were open. So I, and I was just like, oh (laughs) my God. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, 
um, I don't know what the right word is, conundrum or whatever with this is, you know, there's, you have to remember that, you know, things are opening not because it's gone. Right. It's because economically we need to open, Mm -hmm. right? So, so, but there's means to be able to decrease the transmission, which is what they're asking us to do. And, you know, granted mandating to do right in some areas is wear a mask you know as long as you know we can we can try to get close to normal um as long as we take precautions and that's what people are fighting is they want everything to be normal right and it's not and it's not it's going not to be, be. it's yeah. not going to be and it doesn't it's not going away mm-hmm. and more than likely probably not until you know next year sometime and even then it's like we still don't know is it going to is it is it going to mutate like the flu yeah. uh we're gonna have to have a different vaccine every year every two years um you know we don't even have a vaccine yet mm-hmm. so what's what's the future gonna look like right and that's with COVID 19. right so we had sars mm-hmm. i don't know 15 20 mm-hmm. years ago and then we had MERS, which really didn't seem to impact our country as much, but definitely in the Middle East, mm-hmm. there was a big impact of MERS. Mm-hmm. And now we have COVID-19. So what's the next virus? Right. And when is the next novel virus coming right. along? And are we just going into a new norm? Just to continuously have pandemics? And I think, well, I think I was just watching a documentary and they were saying, this was before coronavirus happened obviously and they were talking about how they were like oh we're preparing for the next pandemic because we know it's going to happen and so i don't think people even have that information i don't think people i think they just thought like this is out of nowhere this is crazy and it's funny that you mentioned that because i hear that alluded to in some of the conspiracy theorists Mm -hmm. is that you know oh yeah they knew it was coming because they were going to create it it was a plan it was a planned attack right you know, Bill Gates' name gets thrown around (laughs) with that conspiracy theory. But it's it was science. You know, it's like you think these, you know, virologists and experts in the field, they know, you know, what the trends are and they know, you know, it's it's, you know, pandemics are bound to happen. They've they've been happening Mm -hmm. to our society forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And the question was, you know, are we prepared or are we not prepared? And unfortunately, we got got caught with our pants down. (laughs) We found out we weren't prepared. (laughs) Um, I actually also wanted to talk about um, kind of the misconceptions. Well, okay, so let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about where COVID came from. And you told me that there was actually different, I don't even know how to, like incubation areas that, they came from depending on like where it was started. So yeah. do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, they're able to kind of DNA profile the virus, right? And so um, from what the timeline that I've seen, and granted, again, I'm not an expert mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not, I haven't gone down the rabbit holes to really, um, really study it. But from what I've seen, the first cases that we saw on the West Coast um, did come from the origin, you know, the China origin. Mm-hmm. However, on the East Coast, um, in the New York area, where you know it did become a huge epicenter of the disease, the transmission was from a European uh, European strain or DNA mm-hmm. um, that they were having, you know, uh, COVID from Europe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's the other thing too is is 
another way that this disease has been politicized and has been used, I think, in an evil way mm-hmm. is that, you know, does it, where, does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter where it came from? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems, you know, based on the information that we have, you know, it, it was it was an animal to human transmission, mm-hmm. right? It was um, you know, ingestion of some type of pathogen that, um, you know, a virus that, or something that that multiplied in the system. It was created in the in the system, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, there's there's also theories that it was man made in a lab in China lab and released to the population mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but you know, they're 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 attributing it to, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, was it a live animal market in China? Pangolin, bat? Pangolin, maybe, that it had come from a pangolin to a bat. To a bat, and okay. And to the food market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that doesn't, mm, you know, what's happened, though, as a result of that is, and again, you know, because of who we have in leadership, mm-hmm. you know, it's become a means to demean and a means to show bigotry mm-hmm. um you know calling it the kung flu um you know uh, you know talking about um you know chinese immigrants or, or stopping immigration um you know there, there's different patterns there's there's different travel we we're a country that you know everyone travels to right yeah. um, and from um so it is it's unfortunate because of the you know unfortunately bigotry that we have in this country Mm -hmm. to people who don't look like them um it's it's become a a means to attack asian folks Mm -hmm. you know not even of chinese descent Mm -hmm. you know and and that's another (laughs) underlying bigotry Mm -hmm. right you don't you know anyone who looks asian remotely asian you know people are gonna um you know make assumptions and stay away from me don't get close to me um, you know, you you have the virus because of your ethnic origin. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, you know, there there's been a lot of attacks on on Asian folks in our country because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which again doesn't make any sense. Again, comes from underlying fear, underlying bigotry, mm-hmm. and and lack of of knowledge and consideration for a human. Um, the, something else I wanted to talk about is contact tracing. I've heard that a lot. Um, I don't know what it is, so I think you should <laughs> talk about that a little bit more. Just because I think it's it's helpful. Well, there's also some controversy with contact tracing, depending on how it's used, right? So, so in in public health arena, and feel free to jump in front at any time. But contact tracing, we do contact tracing for for a lot of diseases, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you know someone tests positive for syphilis. Well. We're, we we want to know who possibly gave it to you, right. who um, who other other folks that you that might have had exposure, so we can get everyone treated and try to quell an outbreak, mm-hmm. right? So that's the same thing with COVID. Is mm-hmm. you know when you um, test positive, you know you have uh, I think it's in, in the realm of public health right now, but in other states, I mean they actually subcontract to companies to do the investigation. Um, you know, contact the COVID positive person. Who have you had contact with in the last, let's say, 14 days? I'm, and I'm just throwing the number out there just because incubation period is about mm-hmm. 14 days. But who have you had contact with? So they can contact those folks and say, hey, you need to self-quarantine mm-hmm. because you may have had exposure. Mm-hmm. You want to add anything to that? No, and I think, well, 
only that it is very um, confidential. Yeah. So yeah. that's the most important thing to know is that it is confidential no matter what the disease is mm -hmm. from um, coronavirus to a stomach illness mm -hmm. uh, to COVID-19. If somebody is doing contact tracing, they're getting information from the person who is infected and anybody who may have had contact or exposure to that person, they're going to do their best to identify those people and hopefully intervene um, and prevent the disease from spreading and moving to the next person. Mm -hmm. So I think contact tracing is great. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the state, I'm not sure if it's the state, um, but there is a, there's a way, I guess, for contact tracing, like with um, STDs. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody had chlamydia or gonorrhea. Mm -hmm. You could actually go to a website and anonymously notify your partners mm -hmm. that they had a potential exposure. Mm. They're not going to know where it came from, right. but they're going to get an email or whatever information you provided mm -hmm. um, to that website that will notify that person. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you did your own contact tracing, right. which I think is pretty great. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty great thing to be able to do. And, and nobody knows. So yeah. it's a very confidential. I think it, that's a really important thing to, to note is that it is confidential. Okay. Um, and what were you saying, like, the controversies with contact um, tracing? Well, from what I understand, I think Google and Apple have been um, working on technology to actually use uh, cell phone um, data, mm -hmm. GPS data, mm -hmm. to be able to do contact tracing. So the way that would work, should it be turned on, which... I understand <laughs> it's not it's not a automatic um, you know that you your cell phone is being traced but um, for contact for COVID mm -hmm. but um, the way it would work potentially is that similar to the model that you just talked about with STDs in the state is that as myself I don't think it's the state no 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 it, oh oh yeah. you mean I talk about the STD yeah I don't think it's a state website I think it's just a website that um, maybe is targeted towards teens mm, okay. um, I don't want to say like I don't want to put a name out there because I, you know, it's like it's a great entity that but does. It's a resource that's it's available. A, it's yeah, a yeah, resource yeah. Out there <laughs> for STDs that is available for STDs. So the way um, this technology would work is that if you, as a positive COVID person, could, you know, basically report and say I'm, I'm positive, a COVID positive, your phones, you know, right now you know, you have GPS, Bluetooth, that's turned on all the time, right? And so you're in contact with other phones that have Bluetooth on. So there's, you know, each phone has a, has a particular signature. So we can tell when you've had contact with other people and mm -hmm. how long. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the other thing with, important with COVID, right, is, is we didn't mention is exposure and the amount of exposure. So what we do, what we do know and we've learned is it's, it's not just casual exposure necessarily but they're looking at close contact for at least 10 minutes hmm. for there to be transmission so okay. i just wanted to mention that so with this um, technology what i've seen is that it will um, pull up your gps tracking and um, all the exposure and the length of exposure that you've had with different 
cell phone users. And so if you meet that criteria where you've had close contact with someone for over 10 minutes or something like that, then they get a message to say that you've had contact with someone who's Mm -hmm. COVID positive in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. or whatever to encourage the person to go get tested or to notify their their healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. So granted, a lot of people probably would be very fearful of that technology Mm -hmm. um, and just the power and the ways that it can be used. Um, But I mean, if it's a great way to track disease and yeah. a great way to identify those um, asymptomatic um, spreaders, mm-hmm. right? Is I, I would love to know if I've been in contact. Sure. So that way I know when to test and know when to quarantine. Right. Right. So um, it's interesting. It's it's kind of, you know. I can see both sides. Yeah. I, but I, I, yeah, I definitely, I don't know. I would see, I would want people to want to use something like that, but I can totally <laughs> the understand. The likelihood yeah. is probably going to be very low. I can totally understand why people wouldn't want to, but I don't know if people know, but they can literally track you anyway. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I mentioned, the technology that they're using is technology that's already they're in existence. already doing right? it. The data is already there. Uh, supposedly that data is erased. Right. But do you guys have anything else that you would want to recommend is there is this everything on our list um gosh i was just gonna wrap it up with like what you can do personally yeah i mean i guess i just i mean as a healthcare provider um you know and someone and and the reason we're in the fields that we're in i mean the reason we choose the careers that we are in is for a reason right and so i mean the reason i'm a nurse is because I care about my community and I want to, you know, help my community, Mm -hmm. right, Um, and help my fellow man. And so I think, you know, just going back to, um, you know, it's like it's it's like the golden rule, right? It's like if if you're not going to do it for yourself, if you're not going to protect yourself, do it for others. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because the worst thing for you is, you know, if you're young, um, if you're fairly healthy. Um, which we know that folks with underlying conditions are at most risk of having complications. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that people around you are healthy mm-hmm. or don't have underlying conditions. And, you know, COVID for the most part, you know, most of these deaths are respiratory. You know, you, you, if you've seen cases or you've seen individuals or patients that are recovering from COVID, they will tell you it is the worst thing in the world to not be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. That is the scariest thing uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. too, is is something, you know, having something where you just can't breathe mm-hmm. um, and feel like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, being on the ventilator is is not a good, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also seeing, you know, the, the sequelae is, you know, it damages your lungs right, even I heard when you recover. There's long-term effects there's that I don't think exactly. people really people are not really know thinking about. about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even if you never get it, even if you don't know anyone who gets it, um, you never, you know, it, it's 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 very little to me. It's from my perspective. It's very little to ask you to just wear a mask, just mm-hmm. cover your face when you're you're in public. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's a, a big ask. And, you know, did we talk about this on the podcast? We were talking about how, you know, there's no, sho- no shoes, no shirt, no service. Mm-hmm. You know, no mask, no service. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not a stretch, you know. 
<laughs> I definitely think we all have a part in being part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of the solution is wearing a mask, social distance, mm-hmm. wash your hands. Let's reduce that risk, not just for you, but for everyone around you. Right. You know, you don't know if the lady standing behind you at the grocery store has a sick child at home mm-hmm. or an elderly parent who might be sick. You don't know. So let's, you know, my my feel is let's help protect everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good place to stop. It's a good thing to leave you guys with. Um, again, it's not a big ask. The three things are literally not a big ask at all. Um, it could, you know, it could be worse and it, it you know, eventually it could be. We could be asking a lot more. Um, so yeah, wear a mask, social distance, um, wash your hands. Um, and I will see you guys, talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Uh, thank you so much to my mom and Stephanie for coming on. Uh, DM me if you have any questions, share with a friend. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.